Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 515. That is a numeric palindrome, motherfucker, of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. And Becky Foster, hello everyone. Hello, hello, one and all. Coming up on this week's show, we've got a few little morsels for you. Um... What do we have? I've forgotten one of them. Uh, we've got Annette Benin swimming a fuck ton in Nyad. Um, we've got uh, Rachel uh, Senate and Io Adebire being lesbians in Bottoms. And we've got another one. And a co- Oh, the Sly documentary. Sly documentary. Sly. I, yeah. <laughs> Sly, of we've course. We've got three films I, this week and I've done the same thing kept forgetting what they are. Yeah. Our beloved Sly. So we're going to take a look at the new Netflix documentary, Sly, as well. Got some trailers. Definitely got some trailers this week. Um, we, we've got some what we've been up to's and 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 all that kind of good stuff. We are a pod syndicate podcast. So please do listen to like-minded shows such as Gaming, Landfill, The Good, Bad, and The Odd, Chinshrugger vs. Punter, The Rewatch Project. And uh, there you go. So... Two weeks after I said I think the strike's going to end soon. Still hasn't ended. Um, Quite rightly, quite frankly, um, considering that the studios want to scan people, pay them once, and then use their likenesses even after they die without the estate's permission. Um, Yeah, I'd I'd say push back on that. To do with whatever they want. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? How... How how how's that how's that a thing that they think's acceptable? It it that that's it. it. It's kind of like the fact that that's come out just kind of will make people go, oh wait, so you are the bad guys then? <laughs> Honestly, right? It's just this deal's only going to be for three years. They're going to have mm-hmm. to do it again in three years' time anyway. How about kick the can down the road in terms of the AI thing? Because that is going to be a discussion at some point. But right now, surely they don't know enough about it. And the thing, right, I I don't like talking about work too much. But whenever anyone in my day job says anything about AI, there is a feeling of do they know what they are actually talking about? And I'm not naming any names or anything like that, but a lot of questions come up about AI and it's like, we're going to use AI to enhance the blah, blah, blah. Cool. How? And no (laughs) fucker can tell me. It, it is, it is a little bit at points. Some of the bits with AI uh, are a little bit like (laughs) hyper global mega core. I, I described it to one of my colleagues yesterday as like talking about how you invest in crypto, but it turns out you've just got a Monzo account. It, it's just... And the, the thing is, it's like the stuff that we're, we're looking at it for is like very... I, I won't get into the specifics because, you know, I don't say really talk about my job, but it is very, very interesting. But there was somebody on something... 
recently at work who described voice recognition as an example of generative AI. And it's just, no, it's not. No, it's not. Like a a phone system, like going, hello, I'm Ian. And it going, hello, Ian, is not generative AI. No, And also as well, that's existed for quite a while. (laughs) Yes, but moving on from my workplace examples. So this is the thing. It's like, cool. How how good, you know, how effective is it actually going to be? Are people just going to go, oh, that's just really shit CG? Like, what? why? 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 I don't, I don't, I, just kick it, kick the can down the road for a few years. Have that discussion in a few years. Let people get back to work. Mm-hmm. You're going to renegotiate. Yeah. It can wait. Yeah, just, it, AI... Literally, no one was talking in anywhere near this much detail 12 months ago about AI. And then all of a sudden, it it has exploded. But it's still in its very much infancy as a even vaguely creative tool. Stop just deciding that it's going to be the be-all and all of everything. When... Like majority of creators are going, yeah, just not seeing it to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah. It's when, when Michael Bay comes out and says it's kind of bollocks, <laughs> you kind of got to go. Do you know what? If Bay is being the voice of reason here, I, it's just it's what 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 are you looking to do by scanning in dead people that you can't just CG in people in a crowd. Yep. Or it's, not scanning in it, dead people, but like using their images after they're dead. Like, is but I mean, honestly, is it so that Marvel in thirty years can go the CG reanimated corpse of Tony Stark can star in Iron Man sixty two? Yeah, and it seems like that 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 is it. But it, it's just like I think like you're saying there, it, it's it, it's like a buzzword that they've got, but they just they actually don't know what it is yet. But they're trying to use it. Yeah, I yeah yeah. Anyway, we've talked about the strike loads. Look, and they they said it was their last best final offer, and, and yet they're still negotiating. So it's all posturing. <laughs> it, 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 it was that, and then when it was like, well, then no, they went. Oh Fine. shit! We didn't think you'd say that. <laughs> mm. Look, I. When the Marvels underperforms this week and when the Hunger Games underperforms next week, like the whole signs will be like we actually need to get these actors back back out there just to promote this shit as much as anything else. Um yep. and you know, I mean we've talked about it in the boy chat, but like the Marvels is looking to maybe do sixty million or less in the US opening weekend worldwide about 140 is an awful awful prediction for that film and i am so fucking worried that the blame's going to be attributed to the wrong things with that it is and the thing is i was i was reading a thing with um near uh near the costa about it and and she was sort of saying that she, she wanted to insist that it be um under two hours long because she felt that 
it needed that this movie needed to be fun, and that if it was two hours twenty minutes long, she said, "I I, I don't know how you make fun last that long." <laughs> she said you can make serious that last that long, but she's like you can't. Her thing with there was was in this like little thing that's over there. She was saying, "You know, I I couldn't think of a single fun comedy or." action comedy that was above two hours long. Yeah. That was aimed at families. Mm. She's fucking smart is near the cost. I I really, really like her. And um I hope that it the the blame I I think the blame of the it generally it will just be like they weren't they couldn't really promote it. I, I I think that's what it will be attributed to, but we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, reviews. Do I really hope mm. that no one seems to be saying about it? There seems to be a lot of there's a lot of chatter about sort of various different things within the film, but nobody's actually saying something that that might actually happen. What if it's good? Not like amazing. What if it's just it, good? It it, like, it, it I mean, has it has a chance to be just good. Reviews have started coming out for it, and they they kind of seem to be um, straight down the line, like three out of fives. Yeah, but I, I'm really happy for a three out of five. If you give me a, 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 a Marvel cinema experience that I can go into, that I can have fun with, that is under two hours long, and that I come out and go, do you know what? That was a seven and a half out of ten. I will be... I, I am fucking fine with that. Do you know why? Because... Every Marvel movie, pretty much from Iron Man up until Civil War, for me, was pretty much somewhere between a mildly enjoyable 6.5 out of 10 and a 7.5 out of 10. Personally, I know that people held other ones in greater esteem than I did, but that's where they should kind of sit. That that's the level they should be sitting at. The problem is they've they've aimed for important nine out of ten works that have just been a little bit bland. Yeah, yeah, quite. I I'm 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 pulling for it. I mean the marketing's been shocking. Mm-hmm. Um but I yeah, I that that did you guys see the final trailer that they put out for this no. the other day? No, it, I decided against it because I, I I I heard that it was basically like they're kind of just reminding you that it's a Marvel movie. It's yeah, I mean, it starts with a shot of Iron Man and Captain America's in it and whatnot, and they're they're you know because they're trying to associate Captain Marvel with like those figures, and you've got like a slowed down version of the Avengers theme playing, and it's saying like you know you do not want to miss the big reveal or like the big secret or something like that, and apparently like. The, the like the ending like the middle of the post credits is like oh shit so you know that that'll be something maybe but yeah i i don't know we'll we'll see it's the fact that there is actually a little bit of competition this weekend on the weekend that an mcu film comes out mm. i like i almost like feels like says something like you've got dream scenarios out this weekend which apparently is really good, and I could see that taking some eyeballs. You got Anatomy of a Fall, high class French thriller that won the Palm Door. You know, like they're not they're not nothing. 
They're not nothing. They're, yeah, whereas usually these films would have taken a little bit of a, a, a wide berth away from... Yeah. And and next from, week from this big hit, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then next week, you know, it's um, Saltburn Thanksgiving, um, and there's something else as well, and it slipped my mind. But um, and then Napoleon the week after, it's like it just feels like for the first time in a long time, it's an MCU film that's just coming out, and it's just a film out that week. Yep, and. I, I I think that's I think that's interesting, and it's also interesting that you know we haven't had one since May, and then after this we're not getting another one until May. It, it like the fact that it's just slowed down as much as it has, and obviously like the writers' strike and the actors' strike are having some sort of impact there, but it it is, yeah, it's 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 in a it's in a tight spot. It's in a tight spot, and I just I hope the wrong lessons are are, are not to learn. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Trailers. There's been some of differing week. quality. <laughs> yeah. Interesting fucking week. Hmm. Um. I'm gonna start with yeah. Mean Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone know this was happening? And it's no. out in January. What? It's out in January. I thought, wait, is it like a a new cut of Mean Girls? Or is it like a re-release or something? What What's going on? No, it is just a remake by written by the same person, but 20 years on. And it looks fucking garbage. I honestly thought it was um, a straight to Paramount Plus. I was really yep. surprised when it said it was coming out in cinemas. It was initially. It was it's it. Just, it's uh. just way to take a big steaming dump on your own legacy. Yeah. Originally set to be released through Paramount Plus as a streaming exclusive, the film was changed to a theatrical release. I mean, yeah, it just feels like it. Yeah, it and just is that is that Angry Rice, the kid from the nice guy, uh, nice guys in the lead. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I quite I like her. Hmm? Um, but <laughs> but but she seems hideously miscast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there is that, and it, it's yeah it. You kind of watch it going, oh, Tina, seriously? Um, another one. Actually, a couple that I think I missed talking about last week. Uh, Richard Curtis has written a new film. Yep. And it's about Melissa McCarthy as a genie. What? Yep. Yep. What? <laughs> yep. Weirdly, weirdly, right, not shot during COVID, but looks like the most COVID-restricted <laughs> movie shoot ever. Because it just mm. looks like there's only ever two people in any single shot, which you know at some point fucking, what's his name, Falcone's going to fucking turn up. <laughs> he directed it, surely. This Cur- I know it. Curtis didn't direct this. Curtis didn't direct it, no, it wouldn't surprise. I'll have a look. Yeah, because she I even brought him a look. 
brought him along for the adverts she was doing, didn't she? Oh, the fucking booking doc. Is it booking.com? Yep. Yeah. Let's have a look, see if he's in it. I bet, it, even if it says he in, I bet he is somewhere in the background. <laughs> Just fucking holding a, holding a lamp for her. <laughs> Doesn't say he's in it. Oh, that's going to be it. Can we try and spot him? Luis Guzman is there. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a, always a good time, to be fair. That's a great time for Goose there. <laughs> the Goose. Yeah, um, the thing is, I'll watch it. It's one of the better looking Christmas trailers that we got this week. If it if it's on a it's just if it's on a streamer, cool. I think it is. I think it's Peacock. Okay, all right. Um, Family Switch, <clears throat> which I think is McG's yep. latest. It is. What the fuck? Okay, fine. Just, Wild career just, that guy. It is, but just I don't get like. I mean, it's a story that's been... It's a, it, it's a thing that's been done to death. But it, it doesn't look like it's doing anything even vaguely new with it, or fun with it, or entertaining with it. It's just like... Really? <laughs> uh, just, yeah. No, no thank you. Yeah, um... Yeah, there's been... There was two Christmas trailers here where I turned up back and went... Fucking hell, even I won't be watching those this Christmas. If it, if the other one's the one I think it was, I didn't see it. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, Candy Cane Lane? Yeah, no, I didn't watch this. You quite like this one, didn't you, Bex? I think this one's quite fun. Do, do you know what I, I, I could do with? What? I could do with Eddie Murphy stop thinking that he can play the dad of young children when he could quite <laughs> literally be their granddad. Yeah. I mean, how old is his youngest kid? I feel Eddie like he's Murphy. got like fifteen of them. I mean, he's got a lot, so that's that. that that's a, that's kind of cheating. <laughs> Are we talking about Eddie Murphy, like the ones that he the admits are his, or just yeah? <laughs> um, he has ten children. Fuck's sake! And he what what streamer is this? Like... Is this for? Is that is it a Netflix one? This one. The Prime, it's Prime, Prime. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I think we got this this year, and then next year we've got that the Rock one where they were like, it's going to be a synergies all over the place, and <laughs> it, it, it's going to be a massive event for Amazon. Oh god, yeah. Because last year we had the uh, one with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, didn't we? Uh, Spirited, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so next year we get a. So this year we get a. We get what an Eddie Murphy one, and then next year we get a The Rock one. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking Where forward Shaka to watching Spirit again. Sorry, I'm actually looking forward to watching Spirit again. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of Christmas movies I'm looking forward to watching. To be honest, it yeah. is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, we'll be there <laughs> soon enough. Like two weeks today, it'll be uh, my annual watch of planes, trains, and automobiles. Yep, same. And then, yeah, and then, it, then then it's just a week from then until the holiday. What, as in the Cameron Diaz? What? No, as in holiday. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 First of December, baby. I should have known better. 
Um, okay. What else have we got? So, um, uh, you know, we were talking about Family Switch. You got the Family Plan. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw someone comment on X or something. Like, or Twitter. Don't dignify it. Sorry, yeah, no, you're quite right. How has Mark Wahlberg not played this exact same role before? I think he has. I think this film came out in 2008. Nobody noticed. Nobody watched it. So they're just re-releasing it and hoping nobody can tell. Do you not think that all of the trailers this week just feel like shit versions of films that have already been released years ago? So far, yeah. I mean, there's also... Yeah... Yeah, kind yeah, kind of. There's been a, yeah. I mean, there's been a couple of good trailers. Don't get me wrong, but which, it, sorry, can I? Which one? There's two that I think have been decent. Okay, have we uh, talked about them yet? No. Okay. Um. So, and the thing is, it's it's a lot of streamers like showing off their holiday wares. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And I mean, like the family plan, I can't believe that's an Apple TV one. Yeah, it looks that, Netflix it's... as fuck. It, 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 yeah, it's it, 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 the story of like that is Netflix. The cast is very prime, um, and then you see the Apple logo and go, "Did did you owe Mark Wahlberg money?" Hmm. Um, For something. A film I'm surprised does doesn't star Mark Wahlberg. Um yep. F, F. Gary Gray's latest Lift. Yep. Um which has been done for a while. Um because I had it in my kind of like ones I was looking forward <laughs> to for twenty twenty two and it comes out on Netflix in January, I think. Jeez, um, has that been it's been done for like two years? It's it's been done for a little while, yeah. Um I, I'm heist on a plane. Sure, why not? I will watch yeah. that for a couple of hours. That's about all I've got. That's it. I, I, I'm a little bit like, I'm glad this is on a streamer. <laughs> because I wouldn't... I, I don't want to go to the cinema to see it. But I'm just looking forward to watching Billy Magnuson um, and Vincent D'Onofrio play off each other because I think that could be fun. Yep. Yep. I, I, I like Billy Magnuson in his... Just being a bit thick, roles. <laughs> yeah, where, where basically he does. Yeah, where he just has to play just like that character. It's great. Yeah. Um. Right. I'm gonna press the emergency <laughs> button now. Go on. I'm gonna get on with it. Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire. Right. So, Jason Reitman, I believe, produced this, and I think he co-wrote it. You got Gil yep. Keenan directing it, who also co-wrote yep. Afterlife. Now, yep. I will give it this. You can't say that it's them like doing a retread. They've yep. gone in a completely batshit direction with this that I actually kind of respect. But who asked for the Ghostbusters doing the day after tomorrow? I'm a, yeah, I'm a little bit like that. I, just, I don't get... It's very... Sorry, this is the Ghostbusters sequel? What? What's going on? 
Did we miss three movies in between? I just... Okay, so Paul Rudd's a Ghostbuster now. Yep. Sure. So is Carrie Coon. Yep, Carrie Coon, good for you. Great. I, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually disappointed in Bill Murray that he turned up for this one. Um, what the fuck? Dan Aykroyd, I expect. Yep. Bill Murray, not so much. I'm assuming he'll be in it for two minutes. Um, but look, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot because I think it's interesting that they're actually doing something different with a Ghostbusters. And more, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But we'll we'll see. If it's just not so, look at all the Easter eggs, you fucking shit munches. Num, num, num. You love your nostalgia, don't you? Num, 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 num. Yeah, like that it, first it, it one doesn't was. doesn't look like it's going to be because there, there isn't loads of them in that trailer. No. So, who? hey, who knows? It makes a lot of sense that this was originally supposed to come out at Christmas. Yep. Um, March now feels a little bit weird. Yep. But I'm more interested than I ever thought I would be. I still think it's likely to be shit. You quite like this one, you but I think this one's quite good. But then I, I like the other one that Ian hates. So. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but hey, look, you know... I'm I'm not gonna be that guy who's just gonna be myopic and go, oh Jason Reitman's like had his hand on it, so fuck it. Like, if it does turn out to be shit, I'll be fully Jason Reitman had his hand on it, fuck it. But I'm gonna give it a shot. Yep. Same I I I wasn't enamoured by the trailer apart from Paul Rudd laughing at the end. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um Do you know what's also good? Go on. The boy and the heron, I reckon. I'm I'm excited by this, yeah. That's going to be a fantastic between Christmas and New Year. Go to the cinema, maybe slightly marinated and just wallow in fucking batshit insanity for a couple of hours. Yeah, really pretty batshit insanity as well. Yep. Yep, it's going to be great. Um, I'm not watching any more about this until it comes out. I just want to go and be like, like, ooh, at the screen. Yeah. Fair. Um, do you know what I'm a little bit worried about? What? Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. It, do you know what it made me think with that trailer? Mm. A little bit. I was like, hang on a minute. Was War for the Planet of the Apes the last one? Did I miss one? No, and they I just. Checked. I was like, no, I didn't miss one. They've made an evolutionary jump. It, it does seem to have made a leap, yeah. But the CG. I, I really like the Apes movies, and I have no interest in seeing this whatsoever. I see. I like it. No, I don't need them just talking like normal, like normal people. I like the fact that there was no people in it. Sure. There, was def- there was some people in it. Was there? Yeah. Was there? Did I miss the people? There was a blonde blonde woman at one point where it kind of looked like the ape wanted to fuck her. Then I did miss the people. (laughs) 
Um, I'm a little worried about the budget on this one. The CG, I feel like they spent a lot on War of the Planet of the Apes, slightly got burnt, and are now going, we're going to give you less of a budget. It looks way more green screeny and like the, the uh, apes i just don't think look as good in this trailer and it might be because i they, think you know, it they is. need to finish up the cg but yeah go on so i think it's i don't think it's that uh that it, it, it's budgets i just don't think cg is as good now as it was five six years ago i think that the, the, the way that they're doing it it doesn't look as good cg over the past couple of years has got worse which makes no sense whatsoever. No. But you know, it it it, it is. It's looking. It, it it's almost like they they've flown too close to the fucking sun with it now, and it's like they've had all of these advancements, but what, but they've stopped it looking like it's like it could be real. the The illusion has gone out of it now, and you, you are you are very palpably aware that what you are looking at, and you're going right, but that that is not an actual forest that is a video screen of a forest that i am watching yeah and, and look i mean effects houses are getting like they they've just got too much work and too little time you know so there yeah. there, there is that but it's just this i swear the cg apes in this look worse than that one shot of caesar in the teaser trailer of rise of the planet of the apes where it's like you look at him, it's like fucking hell. They look they they look plasticky in this, and they you know this film's not out for like a good another six months yet, so maybe it's just because it's a teaser trailer. But I don't feel like I'm going to be nearly as involved in that world because it's just so far it looks way faker. Do you think part of it though is like some uncanny valley kind of bullshit? So like. In the earlier movies, they gradually got smarter and more verbal and could do more. Whereas in this one, they're just full on talking, wearing clothes, being basically hairy people. And we know apes can't do that. I like, it's it's taken too much of a jump. I think there's a possibility that Planet of the Apes, um, as a as a concept absolutely peaked with War for the Planet of the Apes. I, I, I still do not think people have appreciated quite how fucking good a movie that was. So are they just, are they working round basically to like the original movie? I don't know anymore. With the, you know, the Doctor Sayers song. I mean... I would love to see that performed in one of the It would movies. be great. It's yeah. not going to happen, but it would be a beautiful thing. But like, do, you, do, you, do you reckon that's basically where they're getting to? They're doing like a full prequel set and then eventually there's going to be one of these slaves he's going to find. I don't know. You'd think, but it, it feels a little bit like, it's like, what's he going to remake it? That just makes, it just seems like a lot of work. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm not in for this one. I mean, it, it, it's an ape's film. Oh, fuck. And I just remembered a bit of news that we forgot, didn't talk about. Oh, yeah. We'll get, we'll get to that. After, should we do that after trailers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so I've got one other. One other. Yeah, okay. 
Um, the fall guy looks like it's going to fucking rule. Yep. Just looks like it's just going to be a really fun, good time. I, the, the fact that this came out the same day as the Planet of the Apes one, and I was just like, full guy, full guy, full guy, full guy, really, really surprised me. This this looks just very, very, very fun. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, what, March? Right at the start of March. Beautiful, um, beautiful fucking time to release this. Yeah, it is. Uh, you, you'll have had all of that seriousness of Oscar botherers and bits like that, <laughs> and then like the first, like proper big movie of the year of getting the season kicked off is an action comedy starring Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt, <laughs> and Go Ryan on, Gosling telling a dog to engage oh, its core. Fuck it, that was just beautiful. <laughs> And just the whole kind of like, I'll buy you a drink after this. At the end of the trailer, it's them in a bar and the dog slurping water. It's great. Good. That's all I need. Yep. Yeah, I, I am massively sold on that movie. I, I, it just, I, I think the plot sounds fun as well. You, you know, like Ryan Gosling is a stuntman. Emily Blunt is a like, film director who he had, he had a bit of a thing with. She's direct. She's like an indie director directing a big, like sci-fi epic, and then the lead actor played by Aaron Taylor Johnson goes missing, and Ryan Gosling has to go and find him. That's yep. a great premise. Yeah, sure. I'm yep. um, I'm I'm looking forward to Aaron Taylor Johnson just I really fucking sending himself up as well. Yeah. 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 Wanna sold yeah, on that. Yeah. I really, really looking forward to that. So okay, so before we get to our first review, the other bit of news. So uh Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes director Wes Ball, um, his next project is going to be the live action Legend of Zelda movie. Um produced by Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, and Nintendo putting in most of the money, but Sony are gonna release it, which is interesting. Um and Nintendo needs to spend some of that super that Super Mario Brothers move money. Yeah, just absolutely wild. Legend of Zelda. There are so many different Legend of Zelda games. It's ridiculous. There's a very, very, very rich mythology there to um, to dive into. And if they get this right, and that's a massive fucking if. This this could be a really, really big franchise with a lot of content already there to tell stories from. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I'm glad it's not just Illumination making a CG Legend of Zelda, I'll say that. Yeah, it, it, like you say, it, it's interesting to see where it goes. Um, I... I Having never ever played a Zelda game, and not even really understanding who the fuck Zelda is, Zelda's the princess. Go on then, yeah. sure. Ian. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Then uh, yeah. See, but... I've also never played a Zelda game, but I still know that. All right. Do you know why? Why? Because I'm not a fucking idiot. To, no. To be fair, it maybe doesn't help that every time. Mark asks us who 
<laughs> who Link is. Uh, like, whenever there's a shot of Link, we call him Zelda. Uh, yep, still I don't have a clue. I'm, I'm looking forward to going into this movie in three years' time and going, who's that prick? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying right now, Ganon, Willem Dafoe, thank me later. I did see a picture after you'd said that um, and we looked at it and went, yeah, that's Willem Dafoe, isn't it? <laughs> He's right. If you want to do a younger one, Caleb Landry-Jones or Dane DeHaan. I feel like Caleb Landry-Jones, that could be quite good. <laughs> I feel like Caleb Landry-Jones has played Zelda, whereas I think Dane DeHaan maybe hasn't. That's a very, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But look, I mean, the the Nintendoification of cinema is coming. Um, yeah. Even though I think a lot of it can probably be kept in the domain of CG cartoons, I'll, you know, yeah. I'll say I'll say that. But um, I, it really did surprise me that this was going to be this is going to be live action actually, because um, the costume in live action will be very goofy. Um Yeah. Well yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I just think it's really interesting that Sony are releasing it. You know, so what yeah. is the tie in game gonna come out on PlayStation? <laughs> That'd be fine. <laughs> um Right. It'd be different. Mm. So look, but that's probably a fair few years away, yeah. Um, and uh, Derek Connolly, who co-wrote the Jurassic World films with Colin Trevorrow, is writing the script. Take that, yeah. make of that to what you will. Okay, let's get into it. Bottoms is directed by Emma Zeligman and stars Rachel Zenit, Io Edebire, Ruby Cruz, and Havana Rose Liu. And... It is about two unpopular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation. Um, kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, I'm going to say my piece first on this. Because um, I, I do slightly want to apologise to the movie, if it's listening. Um, I fucked this off at first. I was just... No, you weren't the only one, were you? Was he Bex? No. <laughs> First twenty I didn't minutes. Go back to it, though. You went back to it. I didn't go back to it. Oh, okay. First twenty minutes. Nails on chalkboard. Real nails on chalkboard. Just like in what reality is this? And in what this reality, I don't want to live in because it's really fucking annoying. Um. And then I went back to it, and I thought that it it like kind of just stopped that stuff, um, and I ended up thinking I, I thought I thought it was all right. You know, I, I'm not going to say it was the comedy of the year because that first twenty minutes or so really did fuck me off, um, and I mean, high school life just seems very confusing these days. Um, but that's fine. I'm not nearly a high schooler age. Um, but I liked Rachel Sennett and Iowa Debere. I thought they had some good friend chemistry. Um, I, I, there was some. I thought Marshawn Lynch as the teacher was great. He was really fucking funny. Um, and 
I it, it looks like an SNL sketch, which is weird because Shiver Baby, Emma, Emma Seligman's uh, previous film, does look like a film. So that was odd. Um, but yeah, so Bex, you just how far did you make it through? Well, Bex is just quick to get a drink. She made it twenty six minutes into it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And then knocked out hard. <laughs> I could see why, though. Like, I, 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 it made such a bad first impression on me as well. But Mark, how did you take to it? I'll be honest. I really liked it from the get go. But I think that's because for some reason I tuned into it with a a view quite early on. The first five minutes, I'll give you that. I was a bit like. Um, all right, this is this is trying incredibly hard, and it's a little bit. Uh, but then it was once I saw the, um, the, the 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 jock guys um, at the school, and they were still in the pads and everything like that, like the full pads <laughs> and everything. I was like, oh, I get it now. What what we're almost seeing, and the. The world outside of your two lead characters that is everything else is almost like this quasi, this is how they see everything rather than the actual reality of it. It's almost like this weird, like, hyper-reality. So when people are saying stuff that is just outright shitty to them, it, it's almost their inter- it's almost them interpreting what is actually being said to them rather than what is actually being said to them. In that way, then you've got it later on where you've got the the football team are all sat in front of a huge... in the um, in the cafeteria on a big fucking table with like a big, like, almost homage to them behind it. And it was... I kind of tuned into all that. I was like, "All right, fair enough. I'm I'm on board with this. This is kind of fun." And <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's. I do think it runs out of steam um, about twenty five minutes from the end, um, and then it, it just becomes a little bit like, "Right, I know where you're going," and I've. Don't really care anymore, but I'm also kind of enjoying it, watching you get there. You see, I like the ending, the end sequence. I like the fact that they were just actually straight up killing a bunch of guys. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the kind of like the heightened stuff that you get in that first twenty minutes, where it was like, what does the principal say on the like the fucking school announcement thing, like? Can the two um, ugly lesbians who no one likes please report to the principal's office? Yeah, uh, the the untalented ugly lesbians that no one likes can report to the principal's office. And and, and, yeah, I mean that's the thing you're laughing at. I was just like, what the fucking what? But by the end of it, where it's like, yeah, that guy's actually dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it it had a, a an almost. A bit of a um, a bit of a Heather's vibe to it by that point. Not in terms of like in terms of like the, the, just the the heightened surrealism that it went for. Like a Heather's fucking meets Anchorman levels of just all right. This has just gotten silly, but I, I see how it's got there. It, if you go from the start, it was never that serious, and yeah, it's. I think it's 
it gets away with it because the characters are kind of fun. Even PJ, who is supposed to kind of be a dickhead, you're still all right with her. <laughs> She's still quite fun with it. Yeah, and yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely. And it, I, I, I liked that. You know. The guys in it are dickheads and whatnot, but by the end they're like, "Thank you for saving us." And it was just like, right, everybody the, just likes each other now. Cool. The, the fucking, the, but one of the greatest bits of the the whole fucking movie though was that guy, the Jeff guy, just um, singing and dancing along to Total Eclipse the Heart while they're trashing the house. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no yeah. It's just, it's. That that guy just had that role down to a fucking T. Um, it was, yeah, it was some just good fucking send ups from that guy. But yeah, the whole having the fact that you did have a straight character, a straight character, not as in sexuality, but um, Ruby Cruz as Hazel playing the more kind of like straight character. I, I quite liked that. But then when she started blowing stuff up, it got a little bit like, right, okay. She was better just as the straight character. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I think that's fair. And, you know, the fact that Io Edebire gets with that girl and she's into it, Rachel Sennett gets with that other girl and she's like, I'm straight. Yeah. You know, I, I, like, I, I liked that it wasn't, it wasn't like fuck every other like fuck these guys they're evil blah, blah, blah. fuck straight people blah. it's like everybody can just coexist it's actually yeah. okay to coexist fact, yeah. in different types of relationships that's cool that's, yeah, that's the, fine the, the her saying you know oh you know I, I tried but you know she's like super straight and I and the marriage goes yeah <laughs> It's like, and, and PJ's response is just to go. I know. <laughs> it's it's done well. Marshall Lynch is 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 great. <laughs> the whole just the whole running thing about his fucking divorce, like it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's great. When he's explaining it to them, they're they're just there going. I think this stopped being about us a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> and he just keeps going. The Honestly, do you know what the one thing that did kind of pull me out of it a little bit at points, though? Hmm. I was watching it going, right, all of you guys can pass for, you know, I'm going to do bunny ears in a podcast, uh, high school film kids. Apart from, I'm very well aware that Rachel Sennett looks like a mid-twenties woman. She just does look like she's in her mid twenties. I mean, Iowa Debire, def like the thing is, she can sound like a high school student. Yes, which which is okay. But and again, it kind of plays into that heightened reality thing where it's like mm. they all do look like they're too old for these parts. Yes, yeah, and it it almost which, which feels I almost think is kind of intentional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. It's like I almost I want to watch the opening twenty minutes again with the the, the frame of this is not supposed to be grounded. No, you know it's it, not. It, it's it, it, it is it it's if we were using the fucking clock analogy again, there I, I think it's somewhere around you know 
most high school movies pitch themselves at about 3pm. This is about 6 or 7pm. That's a fucking weird analogy, but fine. Um, but yeah, you know, didn't, didn't love it, but, you know, I've seen people compare it to Booksmart. It's a, an awful lot better than Booksmart is. Oh, yeah. It's Bottoms knows what it is and doesn't spend an awful lot of time being so impressed with itself that you are bored, whereas Booksmart does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Bottoms... Bottoms literally just wants to... Wants, Bottoms wants you to have fun watching it. Booksmart wants you to tell it how Booksmart it is. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, quite. But look, hey, um definitely not shit. Um, oh, definitely please not shit. please I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah, I had a really good time with with bottoms. Mm. I will watch it again. Might. I might. If Lots is up for watching it in several years, then I you know, but she might want she probably want to watch it with her friends. Anyway, there we are. I will be what I will be recommending to his books. I'd be I'd be interested to see what Isabel thinks of it. Nice. Um, uh, audience poll definitely oh, yes. shit sixty percent. Touching cloth twenty percent and shit twenty percent. Apologies, I couldn't get them out on uh, Instagram today, um, partially because I don't have a very good signal at work, and I was literally at work from seven o'clock this morning until like an hour before we started recording. Not good <laughs> enough. And then you were driving. <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't get a chance. Okay, cool. Okay, um, I'm gonna blue ball mark. Um, Nyad. Directed <laughs> by Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai Vasa Helyi, and starring Annette Benning, Jodie Foster, um, Reese Ifans, and others. What's this say? It tells the remarkable true story of athlete Diana Nyad, who at the age of 16, with the help of her best friend and coach, commits to achieving her lifelong dream, a 110-mile open ocean uh, uh, swim from Cuba to Florida. Becky, Nyad. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of an odd one. It's It's... It's probably a bit of a thanks I hate it for me. Oh in wow. I can appreciate it's a really good film. But the main character was just such a fucking cunt that I wished she would <laughs> die in the scene. <laughs> That's one of the things I liked about it. Like they're unafraid to make her just be a bell end. <laughs> Was she was she really that? Apparently, she's worse. <laughs> Apparently, they toned it down. Well, then how much of a how much of just an arsehole and an actual just outright bullshitter she is? See, so that then that's what I hate about it. I don't necessarily hate the film. I hate her life and the fact that she succeeded. <laughs> Caveats. It's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay, Mark, go on. Because it's just like, I feel like I kind of like may willed this review into existence last week. So, uh, Mark, thoughts? Uh, so. Actually, just to interrupt before you go off on, on, on your bit, I thought 
everyone was really good in it. I thought Annette Benning, she seems like quite a nice person in real life to play such a shitty character. She did a really good job. Jodie Foster was really good. Risa Farns was really good. It's a really good, well-made film. And I don't hate the film. I'm not being like a philistine. I just hate her. And I hate the fact that the end of it is her doing what she's been trying to do. I wanted her to get eaten by a shark or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark, what do you think? I'm very much with Bex and I, I, I genuinely wanted her to die and I've never watched a, a, a sports, sports bunny years again movie where I've been watching it going, God, I hope she fucking fails. Um, and, and then the only reason why I wanted her to succeed was for Jodie Foster. Um, yeah. it, it's, I, I basically, at the end of the film, turned out to Becky and went, that movie should have just been called fucking white people <laughs> because there is what she's doing people keep kept saying oh you know no but she will be the first person to ever do this like because not that many people have tried because there's no reason to do it and do you know what only rich white people try and do this shit so it's fucking white people, man. <laughs> right, it, I, I really enjoyed the film. I, I actually enjoyed the film. It's a good film. It's weird that it's made by um, documentary makers and they have left out so much fucking shit <laughs> in yeah. the actual film. Uh, it's a weird one. Um, but... There's been a little bit of a wars chatter for Annette Benning. I think that she's the second best performance in it. I think Jodie Foster is fantastic, and I usually struggle with Jodie Foster. Yeah. Um, but I think she's great. But I always think Annette Benning's great. Um, but yeah, I was like, you were Becky. I was, I was very much a, a, a thanks. I hate it. It's a good film. You know, I, I think I gave it four out of five on Letterbox. Or if I haven't logged it yet, I'm going to give it four out of five on Letterbox. Because I enjoyed the film. <coughs> I just didn't want anything good to happen to this terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, 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 your arrogance uh, uh, makes me want you to fail. <laughs> Hang on, two other people did it before her? Yeah. In the film? Also, it wasn't just like six people on a little boat. There was like several boats and like 40 crew. Okay. Which weirdly the film even mentions at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's... It, Go on. The thing is, what, what, what the woman has d- does is incredible. You know, that, that level of endurance and that level of... Achievement and and you know you have to take into account at that age is incredible, right? Mm. It, it it just is. Even getting, you know, not not even taking into account the fact that it's a hundred miles, getting any amount of miles and swimming for that long mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Mm. It is bonkers, but 
just no I just don't see the point <laughs> it's it's interesting looking at the reactions to this as well like you look on Letterboxd and people are saying you know Annette Benning is awful and campy and like them talking about dog shit I... is just really funny and it it makes me like the film more that I, people I seem to be... will have been like that. Pe- there are people like that that are cartoony. Yeah, and this... And this is the bit... Old people. Yeah. It makes me like it more, because I don't necessarily... I think it's got a sports movie hook to it. But yeah. then, yeah, I think there is something in the... But but why why are you doing it? And it would be cool if it interrogated that more. But at the same time, it's just the fact... It's just an impressive fucking thing to do. Yeah. You know, and at her age as well, you know, just even more so. And it's like, I don't come out of it feeling like, maybe when I'm 64, I can swim 110 miles. I come out of it thinking like, that dickhead, well done, good for her. What a bell end. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and... and I, I, that's 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 fine. And the I got I got wrapped up in the I thought it was an interesting way of of framing the whole thing, um, like the kind of all, the the documentary style, some of the documentary style foot like footage that they capture, and the, the whole like her kind of like thinking about life while she's swimming, um. I, 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 you know, I thought that was good. I thought Claudio Miranda's cinematography, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Alexandra Desplat, I thought it was a really good score. The thing is, this film is precision tooled for Oscars, like both above the line and below the line. It's just Oscar, 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 and it's not going to. It's not going to do that. No, because the the film it. I think it is because Diana Nyad is just inherently someone you just can't fully get behind. Yeah, she's 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 a bit of a dickhead. And yeah, it's not only that, she's a bit of a dickhead, she's 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 a she's an, actually an unlikable person. <laughs> and it's almost like the filmmakers would be like, we don't want people to be introduced to her because then the whole Mirage is gone, <laughs> but I mean it. It was tense as fuck, and the thing is, I watched it on Sunday morning, and when there were kind of like allusions to sexual assault, she wasn't watching. I kind of made sure she wasn't watching. I kind of distracted her, but the rest of it, Lottie was watching it, and she was fucking wrapped. And that, you know, I've said it's before, well made, it's a well-made film. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, and it's 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 impactful and there's a lot like the sheer amount of shit that she had to deal with with doing this whole thing and yeah it i I feel like it probably could have done with a scene where someone just goes why why are you doing this what tell me why you're doing this and the only wasn't just that wasn't just when when because reese fans does kind of say that and it's basically like because people tell me i can't and it's like yeah, need a better reason than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it that that's the thing. It's it's got all the makings of like a really, really fucking classic sports movie. But, 
But I do think but the reason why she's doing it is because she's rich, elderly, and white. So she can do it. <laughs> so she can get the money to do it. I don't think I don't think the whites got anything to do with it. She's got the resources because she's rich. She's old, so she's got fuck all else to do. And she's not used to being told no by anything. And she failed at it. The sea told her no, so she's going back to beat it. Yeah. She wants to beat the sea. Yeah. But it, it so I mean like the filmmakers they they directed free solo, so they've obviously yeah. just got like an interest in almost like what a person can do. Mm. And it, it's almost like the film is comfortable enough with this you will get behind this because it is impressive. Why is it impressive? Because she's swimming 110 miles. Okay, that'll do. Yeah. It's not necessarily going any further than that. And it's like, I, I think Benning's very good. She's just, the character is too much of a prick in a film where the sheer, like, the structure of the film, you can't really have a prick in that role. And then Jodie Foster is lovely. And the absolute, yep. her and Risa Farns are the heart of the movie. The title character is not. And that is the thing that will rub people up the wrong way. And it's like Annette Benning was probably thinking she'd get an Oscar nomination for this. I think Jodie Foster is more likely to. But I don't think yeah. either do. We'll, we'll get one. No, but out, out, out of the two, the most likely is Jodie Foster. This, I, I don't think this film gets an Oscar nomination overall, no. though. No, um, I, think, I, think it, I think it just miss, misses out. Yeah, and I, I don't necessarily think it deserves it. You know, it, it's... But it, a lot of people have been pretty snide about it, um, and I, I, I do think it's, I do think it's better than that. And I, 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 I think it's, I, th- I think it's unquestionably a good film. I, I'm very much in a thanks I hate it thing because of the, because of the the, the main character. That, but yeah, it's, I'd it, get it, that. It, it genuinely is an unquestionably good film. It's. It's tense. It, it, do you know what? It, if, it, if it got me going from, do you know what? I'm all right now with you succeeding because the other people will get to go. Other people will just get to go home. <laughs> and you'll, st- you'll maybe stop bothering them. Um, Fair point. So th- there, was, there was that element to it. And I was literally at one point going, God, I, I, might, sm- I might smash my TV if this woman fucking achieves this. <laughs> Hey, look, I absolutely understand the thanks I hate it. I'm I'm definitely not shit. It's not gonna be in my top ten, don't get me wrong. But I I liked it. Hmm. Our Bex, you think I hate it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Our audience poll, definitely not shit fifty percent and shit fifty percent. Sure. I can, yeah, I can see I can see that. See you don't give them the definitely not uh, the thanks I hate it. No, we don't. No, I can't. They're, 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 you're only allowed a certain amount of year, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Mark, Becky, what the fuck have you been up to? Do you want to go first or do me to go first? Because we've not actually... I don't think we've watched... We've watched one film together, haven't we? We'll come to that like a crescendo at the end. Ah, <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, right, so obviously I've not been very well, so I have watched... Day off movie. So I watched 
the ultimate day off movie, The Princess Bride. Um, and it's one of those things, uh, the, the Princess Bride is objectively good. You can't question whether The Princess Bride's good without just being a knobhead like you. Um, but I think you forget when you haven't watched it in a while just how good it is. Like, it, it's, it's the perfect movie. Like, all the characters are amazing. Like, when you read the behind-the-scenes stuff of, like, um, injuries caused on set because people were trying too hard not to laugh at Billy Crystal and stuff like that, it's... Understandable. It, yeah, but, like, it, it, it just sounds like it was a fucking awesome set to be on. Mm. And... Um, what's his face? Oh, Inigo Montoya, what's he called? The actor. Um, uh, Mandy pa- Mandy Patinkin, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just just describes it in like such glowing tones and says that he still gets people coming up to him like two three times a day and quoting the "My name is Inigo Montoya" mm. speech at him. Um, Kerry, is it is it Elwes? How do you say it? Elwes. Yeah, is absolutely fantastic in it. Like reading about like um all the training they did like, sword fighting scenes and stuff like that as well is just like that's fucking commitment is that like they properly learned fencing oh yeah um, went for it and he modeled it on someone I can't remember now uh errol flynn yeah um and you can kind of see that just in like the aesthetic as well can't you mm. um but yeah absolutely like just fucking mint um so then in the same kind of vein, I watched. Hmm. Okay, so I, I watched Legend. Yeah, um, very much the same there. Yeah, are you being sarcastic? No, I literally suggested it because you wanted to watch something <laughs> that was like Princess Bride. Now, what about Legend? You are, yeah. <laughs> um, again, just just a brilliant movie. Like these these movies are ones that like I I wasn't we weren't much of a movie watching household when I was growing up, but these are like nostalgia ones for me. Mm. Um and uh, little baby Tom Cruise is always fun to to see. Tim Curry absolutely fucking kills it in that movie as well. I I, I love the fact that that people every so often try to embarrass Tom Cruise by bringing up legend and then he just starts talking about it in fucking glowing terms and about how much he enjoyed making it and how it was like a big deal for him and then just starts talking about like bits within the film and and then people are like Oh, we thought you'd be really embarrassed. He's like, oh, I, I loved it. It's great. It was this. It was that. They need to talk about Far and Away if they wanted to be embarrassed yeah, yeah, by anything. That, that's, where, that's where he'd go. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Simon, have these people killed? But yeah, I think th- I think these kind of movies are the reason why I enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons earlier this year as much as I did. It's not. I mean, it's not anywhere near the level of these, but it's in the same kind of. It's playing in the same. Sand pit, um, but the, I mean, just the world building of of them. It's just it doesn't so much try and it, it feels effortless. It just puts you in there and then allows you to view it rather than it feeling contrived. Yes, if that makes sense. Um, so another one which should have been a, a nostalgia watch for me, but wasn't because it's the first time I've ever watched it. Um, was Wild is this Willow? Yeah. 
Wow, that's your first ever watch of it Willow. It does seem like a me kind of film to have watched. Yeah. It's so fucking earnest as well. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, what's it? Warwick Davis is just like, he's, he's just, he just really wants to fucking take care of that baby. Val Kilmer's just a bit of a wag. Um, but yeah, re- really enjoyed my first watch of it. Would be tempted to watch the TV series if... Well, I don't know if it had been continued, I guess. Um, but there was never a sequel uh, uh, to it. What's the film-wise? Yeah, but I mean, like that, it's gone now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's been cancelled. No, but I mean, like, literally, it's been wiped from Disney+. Plus. Oh, really? <laughs> took it off Disney+, Plus, yeah. Why spend all that money making something and then take it off? Is it really bad? Tax no, break just... shit. Yeah. Oh, it's like, literally, they can, like, class it as a write-off. Wow. Okay. Oh, I won't watch it then. Um, no, you don't need to anyway. So, and then, so another another sick day movie. Um, I watched Goosebumps with Jack Black. Yep. It's really good, is Goosebumps. After I finished it, I, I was like, do you know what else I'll watch? I'll watch The House with the Clock in Its Walls. Well, that's not on anything. Um, but yeah, Goosebumps, it's not, it's not a classic of the genre, don't get me wrong. It's not like one of those... It's not like The Hole, for example, where you're watching it and you go, that is a really good gateway horror movie for kids. Mm. But it's... It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Um, <laughs> and then I watched Poltergeist because I wanted to watch something spooky and the house with the clock in its walls wasn't available and then Poltergeist was there just going, hey. So I watched Poltergeist. Um, not watched this in a, a good long time. It's... It's a real odd movie, isn't it? Yeah. Like, on the one hand, it feels like... Because obviously it's got like really little kids in it, so you think, oh, well, it's going to be like a, a family horror movie. And it's Spielberg as well, isn't it? Spielberg produced it, yeah. Right. But then, on the other hand, there's like dead bodies rising out of the floor, out of the swimming pool. It's really quite scary, and the parents are just getting stoned in bed. So... But again, it feels, I don't know, I think I'm finding with older movies that it, it, they just feel more organic and more like you're viewing people's lives rather than you're watching a film. Yeah. yeah. It feels more authentic. Films now, they're, they're shit. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> on a completely different tack, I watched the new Awkwafina Sandra O oh movie, <laughs> Quiz Lady. How is that? Yeah. It's really quite good, actually. Yeah, like, I, I need wouldn't, to watch that. I wouldn't dedicate any evening to it. But uh, see, I, I looked at that and thought that'll be a good lunch break watch. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would put it somewhere like that. Hang um, on, you wouldn't dedicate an evening to it. So what? Like, is it just like when I'm taking a particularly strenuous shit, just like try no, and get like, like ten minutes of it in on my phone? If you've got a bit of time, like in an afternoon or something, I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend the night on it because it's not it's frothy but no I don't know maybe a Tuesday night so it's like one of those ones where like if I'm uh, like gonna watch like three films in a day it can be the second one yeah yeah that would that would work but yeah it's really good it's quite sweet Aquafina's posture's awful Will Ferrell's quite sweet in it Will Ferrell's in it yeah he's the quiz master I can't tell that Oh, um, fuck. 
Yeah, alright, I need to watch this. Sorry. Jason Schwartzman's a dick in it, which you will enjoy because you're meant to hate him. Jason Schwartzman! Sorry, I'm going to watch this in like the next couple of days. Yeah? This sounds great! Well, I, well, I, won't, I won't say too much more then because um, obviously I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, it's... <laughs> Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens is in it as well. Paul Rubens is in it, what the fuck? The Paul Rubens stuff is really funny as oh, well. Yeah. It's his last film, I think, as well, isn't it? I'll, I'll, I'll watch this for next week. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's just quite sweet. Um, yeah, it's his last film. I mean, the, the setup, I can, I can sort of say without giving anything away. So, basically, Orkafina and Sandra O's mother runs away from her assisted living facility. Um... And she's a bit of a gambler and she owes some money. So then shenanigans ensue. But they're quite funny shenanigans. Sounds good. I, I, it is a recommend, definitely. Um, yeah, and that's me on my own. I've not really done anything else. Oh, I played Five Nights at Freddy's a little bit of. <laughs> oh, yeah, how'd you find that? Yeah, it's really weird. I quite like the fact that you can just dip in and out of it because when you die, you just play that night again. But. You do die. It's quite scary. It's quite tense. I can't play more than like maybe five go rounds on the <laughs> on the night without getting a bit freaked out when I'm to turn it off. Which I, I I don't really get scared by games. But have you played it before, Ian? No, God no. So you can't really do anything. Um, you're in a room, and you've got cameras you can check to track if the animatronics are moving towards you and you've got a light on either side of the room and a door on either side of the room and you can turn on the light, turn off the light, close the door, open the door and that's all you can do. Watch the cameras and close the doors and you just have to try and survive the night. Right. But if they get you, there's like a real... <laughs> it's really freaky. Because it is the spot like, of the scare. The screen just goes... <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Well, that would have segued nicely if we hadn't watched the Pope's Exorcist into what I've been up to. But we'll do the Pope's Exorcist and then we'll resegue into gaming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We rewatched the Pope's Exorcist, didn't oh, we? Beautiful. So beautiful. Good. Oh, what a picture! <laughs> <laughs> I think I need. I like. One night when Donna and I have had a few or something and Lottie's in bed, I think I might have to show her the Pope's Exorcist. I think she'd have a really good time with it. Yeah. It's impossible to not. Yeah. Literally, I, I forgot. I, I, I forgot about the fact that that woman just explodes. Do you know what I forgot <laughs> and, and, and then and then the beauty of it all was, I was watching it and the woman was there and I was like, something happens here, something happens here. And I went, oh, fuck, she explodes. And then literally a second later, she exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I just went, this has just got everything. Oh, you know terrific. Russell Crowe on a moped. Oh, it's just, it's, it's magnificent. I just, I know we say a lot about Russell Crowe, that he'd be a great pint. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he would be a great pint. But I reckon if you, if, if, if you ever met him and you were having a pint and you just went, Russell, the Pope's exorcist. It, he would just go, oh man, yeah, what a... And he'd just go off on one. 
And now you talk about all the research he did for it for half an hour, and it would just yeah. be a fantastic fucking conversation. It's like this is great. The fact that there's the fact that that there's going to be another a Russell Crowe's into it. Is it actually? Yeah. Have they announced it? it, it it's it's in it's in development, and Russell Crowe is like fully on board. It, the, the thing is, it's done well enough, and Russell yeah. Crowe does appear like he's probably in on the joke. Yeah, which, which that's, is that's the beauty of it. it it's it, in on the joke, but it's not spoofy at all. It's just bonkers, and it it has that thing of so many times you're watching a horror film and you're you're going right, go back shit, go back shit. And the majority of the time, they don't have the balls to go batshit. The Pope's exorcist has the balls to go batshit. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that it literally sets up a hundred and ninety-nine sequels <laughs> at the end. Oh, oh my god! I am so glad that that it, I didn't finish it after watching it the second time and go, oh shit, that has not held up. It is still a great amount of fun. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what else I, need, I, I just want to. Um, even I'm a little bit worried now that maybe this was a spoof account. Hang on. No, it was it. Um, I just the the greatest thing I've read this week in terms of movies. Um, Gladiator Two includes Paul Mescal's character fighting a pack of baboons after Ridley Scott got scared by a video of baboons spooking tourists in Johannesburg. Can you hang from that roof for two hours by your leg? No, a baboon can, Ridley Scott said. <laughs> Which seems like the sort of thing Ridley Scott would say. It's, there's going to be a scene in Gladiator 2 where Paul Mescal fights a baboon. Come on. Yeah. I, I also here. like the fact that, that literally next week, um, Ridley Scott's Napoleon comes out. Yeah. And... and there's loads of chatter about his sequel, A Gladiator, um, coming out <laughs> next year. Yeah. And the guy is, what, 85 years old? Yeah. He is not stopping. No, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to talk about the fact that like people asked him, like, what is... Oh, like, he was interviewed. The Napoleon. He was what his reaction is to people... <laughs> commented on the historical inaccuracies in Napoleon and Ridley Scott's response was get a life get a life <laughs> oh, get a life <laughs> and he's got form for this kind of stuff oh god I just I love it I love it it's not like Napoleon's gonna fuck off back to his home planet at the end of the film you know what I mean it's, it's it, just, it, yeah oh, it is a little oh. bit like you know no one gives a shit if if you bend the truth a little bit with Napoleon because everything that's probably written about him has bent the truth a little bit. I, you know, I cannot, history's written by the victors. I cannot tell you how excited I am for Napoleon. Like, that film is just going to be three hours of me and IMAX just going, just fucking tickle my balls, Sir Ridley. Go on. Like, it's... That film is going to... No, I was about to say it again. Uh, Bex, I don't know if you know this. One of the great WhatsApp exchanges I have ever had with Mark was in the boy <laughs> chat. I said I was in the cinema watching the trailer for Napoleon. I was like, Napoleon's gonna fucking rule. And Mark, do you remember your response? <laughs> yeah. 
I do, yeah. I responded saying, I think that's already happened, mate. <laughs> I, I, it's just very good. And it's like, I swear. No, I keep it, was, it, was, it was, it was, it was, it was, mate, that happened 200 years ago. No, no, that was it. That was it, mate, that happened 200 years ago. Just very, very well played. Very well played. Um, and Becky, you should be proud of your husband for that. Well, on on the flip side of that, we have a new entry in Stupid Mark. So, you know, I said I was going to keep a, like a, a thing on my notes on my phone. And if you said something stupid, I was going to write it down. I feel like we need a theme tune. <laughs> so, I can't remember the context. You, you mean? <laughs> no. What context? Something about someone pulled the reins of the horses so hard that they went blind. What was that on? The sliced alone thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark said, can that happen, Becky? Can horses just forget to see? (laughs) (laughs) So I just needed to clarify with him that... Oh does fuck! He, does he think that that's how people go blind? They oh, that's really good. How to see? That's and no, really no, good. it was just horses he was concerned about that might forget to see. That's really good. I didn't mean it like that. Though. I just meant that. <laughs> like, no, no. Okay. In what world do you mean anything by that that makes sense? I meant yeah. that, like, it sounded like that is that the horse's eyes went the wrong way. And we're facing inwards rather than outwards. Is that something that can happen with a horse? That's but that's not the horse forgetting. It would. He forgets to put his eyes back round the right way. Hang on. What? Hang on. What? Can? No. What? But horse. Can the horses like set their eyes to look like into their, into their corners? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, can her eyes go right the way around, like an owl's head? No, but really though, Mark, is that just a physiological thing that you know about horses? No, I, I, I know very little about horses, I don't trust them. doesn't believe in baby horses. I still don't believe that's true. But can but they I do don't... that? <laughs> no, no, Mark, going back though, so even if that were possible... How would that be the the horse forgetting to see? Like if you forget to like if you put your jumper on the wrong way around and then forget to turn it round before you go out. I hate that that kind of makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it no, doesn't. no, no. But like the horses, I'm pretty sure horses can't do that. So I suppose it is a moot point. They can't, no. But I didn't know that at the time. They couldn't do that. It sounds like the thing that something can probably do. So now, let's go back. So you thought that horses could probably turn their eyes 180 degrees and look look into their brains, as you just said. Kind of, yeah. A little bit, possibly. Right. To be fair, I used to think that a cow's piss was milk. So, you know... (laughs) Horses for courses. And that was... I was in a relationship with Donna at the time that I found out that it wasn't. Wow. <laughs> wow. So you just thought we were all out here drinking cow piss? Cow's piss. Yeah, man. 
fair. Just uh, did not get... For some reason, I just did not twig that others are titties. Tell them the other thing I used to say. Sorry, Donna's Donna's coming in with something. Tell them the other thing I used to say. That I used to think. Come in here. Tell the tell the audience. <laughs> You're working. You're doing overtime. Come on. Come on. <clears throat> no. What was the other thing? I don't know. Sorry. Where girls pee from? What their bums? Yeah. But that makes sense. You're just lying to me. <laughs> I thought girls pee and poo from the same places. Like birds. Like birds? Sure. I'm glad there's some animal that does. Yeah, birds, it's all one. Yeah, I'm aware. Women aren't birds. No, there's not women. No, no, no. Like, the, the thing is, I think that that is not as bad as thinking that a cow's piss is milk. I mean, when 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 did you learn that women don't pee and poop from the same place? Well, Donna told me at some point. Had you been through, like, well, how old were you when you and Donna started seeing each other? Like, had you done GCSE biology? Had I done GCSE? Yes, I had done GCSE biology. I'll be honest, I don't remember an exam question of what hole does a woman piss out of. (laughs) No, but like, you study... Stuff. (laughs) God. Yeah, I mean, it's probably still not as bad as cow pee. No, it's... No, uh, no, and it's, it's not as bad as cow pee. It's definitely um, not as bad as can they do that, Becky? Can horses just forget to see? No, I mean it's no. None of it is as bad as can horses forget to see. No, you're right. Yes, that's something Mark said to be- ask Becky the other day. <laughs> or thinking that protect, honor, and serve is part of the wedding vows. <laughs> I mean that's what? pretty good. That Wait, protect that protect, honor, and serve are part oh. of the wedding vows. <laughs> Still pretty sure it might have been. I mean, it's probably more, you know, relevant in the modern age than love, honour and obey. Yep. The thing is, I feel very connected to Mark now because over the years <laughs> I've been very, like, uh, withering of some of the things that Mark comes out of. <laughs> and it comes out of. It <laughs> <laughs> oh, comes out with. But... <laughs> Sorry. Oh god, that's got me a bit. Um, but <laughs> what's the thing that Tom Green comes out of? Your Freddie's got a finger. I'm just imagining Mark doing that, and I can't remember what it is. I just remember the look on Tom Green's face, and I can see Mark doing that. Right. Sorry. Um. Fuck. Um. Uh, no, let's just move on. I'm done. <laughs> So I woke up Sunday morning with a craving. Yeah? Yep. It was a weird craving. It was a craving for a 23-year-old computer game. Oh, God, yes. Okay, yeah, I think I know where this is going. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I think that there has been genuinely two great computer games ever. And they are Sensible World of Soccer 
European Championships 95-96 edition and Championship Manager Season 01-02. So, I downloaded Championship Manager Season 1-02. I have to play it on the MacBook using a uh, a Windows emulator, <laughs> which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently it is. Um, so I'm having to play it on that and then proceed to, yeah, Play some Championship Manager 0102, <laughs> which is an absolute nostalgia fest for me. Mm. Um, it's also, like, it, it is the perfect symmetry of get involved enough, but don't need to, like, get too involved yeah. in, in it. Which is why I couldn't play Football Manager now, because I just don't have the, I don't have the mental bandwidth for it. Whereas I do for Championship Manager 0102. And I've had an awful lot of fun playing it. So I'm having a good time with that. Uh, I have also watched a couple of films uh, on my solos. Uh, Only a couple though. Uh, We watched Step Brothers. Uh, A particular reason why? Very good. Is it because I constantly send you the yep gif? A little bit. Um, uh, no, I I saw a video like of a of the when they first meet of somebody saying um, uh, every man who's meeting um, their partner's work uh, friends husbands over Christmas <laughs> and, and was like ah, fancy rewatching Step Brothers. Stephen is one of those films that should that has no right to be quite as funny as it is because it is unequivocally silly throughout, uh, but it is also very, very, very funny. <laughs> um, pretty much throughout, it yeah. is funny. Yeah. Uh, also, Mary Steenburgen is um, is an absolute hottie. Still that. The fucking um, bit where Rick, oh god, what's his name? Uh, the old, the dad, Richard. Um, oh, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Thank you. The bit where he's been like straight laced throughout the whole thing, and he's giving that inspiring speech about how he always used to want to be a dinosaur, <laughs> and he just starts doing the like the fucking T Rex arms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> It, the the Adam Scott daring them to punch him in the face, and then John C. Riley just does. <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah, I had a great time rewatching um, Step Brothers, and also um, so rewatch Tigerland, uh, the Joel Schumacher, um, Colin Farrell, Shea Wiggum, Clifton Collins Jr. Um, Massive lunch break energy to that, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was. It was over a couple of lunch breaks. Um, it's it's interestingly shot. It's um, Mike Libertique uh, who shot it. I think it was one of his early films as well. Yeah, it will yeah, have been. It, it was the first thing we did without uh, Aronofsky. Um, it's got this really kind of like real dour uh, energy to it in terms of like the look of it. It mm. looks, it looks like shit. <laughs> is what I will say there. It, it, but it's intentionally made to look a little bit like the um, 
like the newsreel um, movies that were coming out of Vietnam. Mm. Um, and it's it's interesting the fact that there was a lot of comparisons to Full Metal Jacket, and you can see why because it's set not necessarily in Vietnam; it's set in the build-up to Vietnam. It's set within the training uh, element of it, um, but different to Full Metal Jacket, where Full Metal Jacket deals with the futility of war idea. Yeah. This takes the idea of that and goes um, in a slightly different tact of having it as looking at these guys not as soldiers. It's just what they do and what they are as people. Mm. Um, and taking you know, the character um, Colin Fowler's character um, Boz as on paper he is like, he should be a perfect soldier. Yeah, You know, he is physically capable of it, smart, knows how to do it, but just has no interest in doing it and <laughs> won't play along with the game. Um, and the whole thing is that he becomes like this almost like camp legend of the fact that he can work out ways to get people out of it. And the <clears throat> the people above are saying, you know, you, you, you need to stop doing this whilst also really kind of being like, but it's really impressive how he keeps fucking doing it. So being kind of like impressed and going, we get it, but stop it. <laughs> um, actually, it holds up really well. It's actually a really good film. Um, Colin Farrell is very, very good. It's a, it's a shaky first sort of 20, 25 minutes mm. in the sense that it does feel a little bit like it, it's trying to be too much of Platoon mixed with with Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. But then once it kind of finds its own voice, it does become very much about the the people behind these guys. Right. And the fact dealing very much with um, basically portraying it and going, look, these kids were were often very low education and didn't know what was going on mm. and didn't know what they were getting into and essentially were were either drafted or conned into being there via patriotism. Mm. Um, and it's... Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed the rewatch of it. Very good. Uh, it's on Disney+, Plus, which is weird. Um there and so if you've either never seen it and you you enjoy or you're intrigued by the war film kind of genre uh, there's actually no war in it (laughs) the film literally um, spoiler for a 23 year old movie um, (laughs) the film literally ends as they're getting shipped off to to Vietnam oh really? yeah so there's actually there's no and so that's, that's really quite interesting the fact that there's Literally, there's no battle in it. There's no warfare in it. It is just the interactions okay. between the people. Okay. Uh, there ain't even that much of the training elements. Yeah. A lot of the time you get brought in towards the end of the training and you see the, the, the aftermath of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, very much enjoyed it. What have you been up to here? Okay, so... Uh, I just WhatsApp to you guys something for a little bit of context. It's not necessarily something I'm, I've, I've been up to, but something I'm, I've decided I'm not going to be up to. So, 
the latest Yakuza, or as the series is now known, Like a Dragon game is coming out this week. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his own name. Um, and in this, it's another one of your high camp, high drama Yakuza games. They made a little change. So, um, in these games, you can go to hostess clubs and uh, play these mini-games where you're essentially trying to uh, win slash buy the hostess's affections by giving them gifts. And uh, uh, they ask you questions. You've got to give them answers. You've got to try and figure out what is the answer they'd most like, which sounds quite scuzzy. Um, yep. What's making it more scuzzy, to me, anyway, in the new games, is that they are, instead of using computer uh, generate like in-game engine hostesses. It's literally live-action video now. Yep. As is evidenced in uh, this screenshot I just sent you guys. You, you can, if you, uh, <coughs> if if you Google like a dragon guide and hostess club, you'll you'll see images of this. And I can't help but think that that's just a really fucking weird decision. Now the thing is, I I was playing Yakuza Kiwami, the remake of all the remaster of Yakuza one one day. And um, I, like, won the affections of this woman in it. It was like, well, okay, cool. And I got a little PlayStation trophy and that popped up. And then it cut to a full-motion live-action video of a a, a softcore porn. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I mean, or or at at the very least, it was, like, titillating stuff. And The inference of softcore porn, at the very least, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it was just very odd. And now, the idea that it's actually a live-action woman that you're doing, that's, like... I feel like it's broken through the Rubicon for me a little bit. Um, And I'm just a bit like, nah, you know what, nah. um, I'm... uh, Nah, I'm alright. I'm okay. (laughs) Um... So, Like a Dragon Guide and The Man Who Erased His Own Name, which is a fantastic title for a game, um, I, w- I will not be up to it. So, what have I been up to? Um, Grand Prix over the weekend was a bit shonky, to be honest. It was a bit boring until the last lap, where Fernando Alonso and Sergio Perez had a fantastic fucking fight for the finish. And uh, uh, for third... And Alonso won by like something stupid, like three thousandths of a second. Uh, it, it like it was a ridiculous end, and it but that was great. The rest of the race, maybe not so much. Was a little bit. I I love my F one. I've dearly fallen back in love with it. But this race was the first one where it was a bit like I can see why people think it's boring. We'll see what happens. It's Las Vegas next weekend. So we'll see what happens. So Is it next weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be up at six in the morning next Sunday to watch that fucking race. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. So what have I been up to? Um, very quickly, I'll just say that Donna and I watched um, the first and only season of Reboot. Uh, not the CG kids show. So this was um, film uh, a show created by the co-creator of Modern Family, um, and it's 
basically it's um, Keegan Michael Key, Judy Greer, and Johnny Knoxville are the old stars of this old TV show um, that got cancelled, and then a uh, woman played by Rachel Bloom, who I believe used to be on SNL, uh, want it, it, she's like a writer of like indie films and stuff, and she wants to resurrect this old TV show. So they get them back together for it. And Keegan-Michael Key and Judy Greer like had a thing on set, uh, but they broke up and Judy Greer then married like a Norwegian royalty and Keegan-Michael Key got into like serious drama and Johnny Knoxville was like essentially a recovering um, substance abuser. Um, so they're back together. And then it's revealed at the end of the first episode that the creator of the show, it's not, not really a spoiler because it's set up the show, the creator of the old show played by Paul Reiser, is Rachel Bloom's dad. And she's basically trying to get, like, like write this show as a way of one-upping her dad, who she hasn't spoken to for years. But then it's decided that they're going to be co-showrunners. Um, and th- th- this was a show that, like, it was the follow-up to Modern Family for this guy. So it's, like, a really, really big deal. Eight episodes and it was shit-canned. Um... We watched all eight episodes and had a really, really, really good time with it. It's really fun. Um, Very funny. I mean, Keegan-Michael Kerr and Joan Oxville, I'm kind of sold. And and, and Judy Greer has her boobies out in the first episode. (laughs) You know... So there's that as well. It's been a, a a great year for boobs in uh media for Ian Loring. Um it's and, nice to um, see the boobs have been a comeback. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um so this was absolutely a reminder for me of why I don't do TV. Because it was eight episodes. They obviously thought they were getting a second season. Like it in a way, there's a little bit of yeah fuck you you obviously thought you you're gonna do this at the end of the first season yeah like it's so cliffhangery it's like it's ridiculous um and and it's done and it's done but it was only eight episodes they're only about half an hour each it was like four hours of my life and i had a good time with it you know if it was like 24 episodes then it ended with that i would have been fuming but there it is. So reboot. It's on Disney Plus. I, I, you know, I would recommend it. But yeah, that the ending is all kind of frustrating. But I, I, I would recommend it. It's funny. Um, okay, so um, you guys watched the X Files a few weeks back. We did indeed. So uh, I, I watched the X Files. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's um, I really like how. Obviously, if you're a fan of the show, you're going to get an awful lot out of this. But also, if you didn't watch the show, it's quite a contained conspiracy which leads to potential end-of-the-world shit stuff in a couple of hours. And when it ends, it's like, it's told its story. Obviously, it's set things up for the for the next season, but it's also actually told its story quite well within that two-hour period. Yep. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's it's nicely effective there. Um, so yeah, the X Files. But then um, 
The X-Files I Want to Believe, I also watched. Um, so, this is obviously, this is like after the an, an original run of the series. And um, Chris Carter decided to co-write and direct a relatively standard Monster of the Week episode of the X-Files, but it's a film. Yeah. I still don't get that choice. It's an oddity, isn't it? The, the X Files. I want to believe it. Kind of came out. I remember when it came out. It came out of nowhere, and yeah, it's such an odd one. It's the th- the thing is is the fact that I want to believe like takes on some different connotations than it does in in the show because the show it's like it's Mulder's poster where it's the UFO and it says I want to believe, you know, but this. It's essentially like faith. Yeah. Um. And, and like Scully's got this whole subplot about how she's working at this like Catholic hospital, and she want like there's this kid that she's got a connection to, and she wants to save the kid and wants to believe in in being able to do the right thing. And there's there's this priest who's like no we're going to give up on him you know and it, 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 it so you got to believe in that that kind of way um and then molder like wanting to believe in people essentially um and it's just it's so different from the show in that regard but as a monster of the week episode of the x-files like spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it but the idea of uh, essentially like um, Russian people kidnapping people and essentially trying to stitch parts of people together to save some save this guy's lover or something. It, it, it's a bonkers plot, and it feels like a kind of like middle of the season episode of the X Files. But Pete Billy Connolly is a paedophile priest, and. Amanda P and Exhibit are FBI agents. <laughs> yeah. It, Amanda P and Exhibit are FBI agents. It it, it, it it's baffling. It's baffling. It's a, a very very odd bit of work. But Mulder and Scully together, and the fact that this is like post them having some romantic entanglements. So even just like. Seeing Mulder and Scully in bed together and having a snuggle, that's nice. <laughs> so, there you go. The X-Files, I want to believe. Um, so, there's going to be an X-Files reboot at some point. It's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to get a crusty old Mulder turning up or something. And it's Yeah, I don't think I'm looking forward to that day, to be honest. Right, so... A first time watch. Um, oh, I know what this is. Yeah, um, Joel Schumacher's The Lost Boys. What? Um, yeah, yeah. I've never seen The Lost Boys before. Kind of thought I had, and then realised I hadn't. Huh? I don't. I don't even. I can't even work out how that's possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, really? Oh, yeah. Blow my mind. I mean, it's cracking. It's it's you know, it's a fun time. I was a little bit wary in like the first third to first half, where 
it's oh so very 80s um and the that song that just keeps on playing um and it's like they use the, i swear they use the same tracking shot of like over the water and approaching the the fun fair like multiple times mm. um but as it goes on and as it just gets more gonzo I really, really vibed with it. That one vampire who they shove in the bath of garlic and then just blood starts pouring out from fucking everywhere <laughs> is incredible. In it, it, The best. Um, the, spoiler alert for the Lost Boys, the fake out with Edward Herman I thought was actually really well mm. done. <laughs> yeah uh like yeah great that that was really very very good and don has been watching gilmore girls lately and he's like the dad the dad in gilmore girls so when i saw edward herman i was like hey you know and donna was watching he's like oh yeah yeah you know so to then have him turn out to be a bad guy vampire i think um offended donna deeply um but um <laughs> but yeah um and but the, the greatest thing about the Lost Boys is the final 15, 20 seconds or so where <laughs> Grandpa goes into the fridge, opens it up. I think I'm paraphrasing, but that's my problem. That's always been my problem with Santa Clarita. All the damn vampires. <laughs> yep. One thing about and the just... Santa Carla, I could never stomach... All the damn vampires. Okay, no, you got it. And it wasn't sad. Yeah, but you got it. Just all and the way that it like the last shot of the of the film is Diane Weist, uh, Corey Haim and Jason Patrick looking at him. The light and the light of the fridge and the fridge door closing and then them just going into the dark and then it just cuts. It like that is an all timer ending. I mean, it's on the level of nobody's perfect in terms of just the pure a character saying something and the film just ending. Um wonderful, wonderful. Um Yeah, it is a it's a grip. And as well, the fact that it is like fucking so tight as well. Mm. You know, you've got you've got a ninety five minutes before credits, boom, bang, done. Yeah. Don't fuck oh. around, just gets in there. Oh no! Absolutely, it, it, yeah. It's, it, it's really, really good fun. Really good fun. Um, okay. And uh, lastly, I did me a rewatch of the Social Network. Um, trying to watch some Finchers because Blank Check are doing Fincher at the moment, and um, you know the I'm going to give the Killer a rewatch. You know, it's on Netflix on Friday, so I'm going I'm to give it a rewatch. So I'm trying to. Fincher myself up and uh, yeah I mean the social network is basically one of the best two hour periods I can have is watching the social network um it's incredibly entertaining and those performances are fucking lived in and maybe because Fincher did like 80 takes for every single shot I don't know but they that that just feels so authentic. Um, the score still fucking rules. I'm so glad Reznor and Ross actually won the Academy Award for that. Um, 
that rules that that they won. Fucking great score. Yeah, and it, it's the fact the fact that this loss to the king's speech in both director and picture is increasingly one of the absolute fucking shams of the Oscars. Because the thing is, a lot of films have won Best Picture. It was like, what the fuck? But I don't... There's not a lot of films where the number two... It was like, how did you not give it to that? Yeah. Um, It's... um, you know, it it's like it, it's like it's Goodfellas. It um, what the, I think that lost to Driving Miss Daisy, or did it even get it nominated? It did get nominated. I do believe it was. It did lose to Driving Miss Daisy. Let me double check. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. What did Pulp Fiction lose to? Ooh, Fuck. Good point. I feel like that that was a biggie, but it's it it's not necessarily like a coda where. There was a really, really big, obvious number two that is like, what the fuck? The social network, it, it, it's like the King's Speech. I get the Colin Firth thing because he didn't win Best Actor the previous year. He gets nominated that year and it's a good performance. I get it. You know, Jesse Eisenberg, do I think it's a better performance? Yes, but I, I get it. The fact that this David Fincher lost Best Director to Tom Hooper... And this lost best picture to the King's Speech is fucking insane. This film is still so just alive now. You know, and you, you, you watch this and it just it feels it feels like it could have been made now. It looks like it could have been made now. Um I almost feel like the performers could still get away with playing them th- these characters like thirteen years on now. Um, yeah, it it it's it's a remarkable film. Um, I I will say as well. I kind of talked about this on uh, Twitter last night. Um, so the only four K physical version of this is available in the in one of the Columbia Classics box sets, which costs like over a hundred pounds. Uh, it's not had an individual release, um, so. It's in 4K on iTunes and Dolby Vision. Um, but I need me that higher bit rate. That's the thing. HDR or the Dolby Vision is great. Like the dynamic range is brilliant. It's the best I've seen the social network outside of the cinema. Like watching it last night on I, on, on Apple. Um, but it was shot at 4.5K but the grading, the digital intermediate, was done at 2K. So what you are seeing is essentially a 2K presentation with 4K information, but then at the bit rate of a streaming upscaled 4K. And it's like there are times where it does look a bit smudgy. And that feels like a crime to me at this point. So I need me that 4K disc. Um, But yeah social network man i remember when i watched it for the first time it was in screen six at the cardiff view the masking uh it had broken that night so it was only set to scope and the film that was supposed to be playing in that screen was flat so we cancelled the performance of that of, of that film that night 
and we got a print of the social network in a week before it came out. So that night I made up that print and then I like because that that the screening in that that screen had been cancelled, I was actually able to do a test screen of of the film that night. I had enough time to do it. And I just I still remember watching that in that room with the masking fucked and just having the best time. Um, like it, it transported me back to that last night, uh, which you know is what nice. films can do sometimes. Like transport you back to uh, moments when you first watch these films and stuff. You know, it give yeah that sense memory shit, and uh, it was um, yeah, it was brilliant. I think I think I've got a thirty five millimeter trailer of the Social Network somewhere in my in my house. Uh, I need to I need to find that. I need to find that. And then I need to buy a projector. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, incidentally, but... it was Dancing with Wolves that beat Goodfellas to uh, Best Picture. Yeah, I don't, which, you know, Dances with Wolves was a sensation at the time. You know, yeah. but at the same time, what films lasted longer in the popular consciousness? Well, that's it. The so to, that's the weird thing. These were the pitch, best picture nominations the year of Goodfellas. Dance with Wolves won it. The other ones nominated were Awakenings, Ghost, and The Godfather Part Three. Wow. <laughs> yep, it's fucking cool that Ghost got nominated for best picture. I mean, Ghost won Academy Awards. Yeah, yeah, it won screenplay and. Um, Best Actress. Oh, shit, yeah, Goldberg. Of course she did. Yeah. Uh, didn't get best... No, um... I don't think there was a visual effects at this point yet. Ah, uh, maybe there wasn't. Okay. No. So, yeah, Social Network. Right. Last review of the night. Mark, prepare. Sly. Directed by Tom Zim- Zimney, starring yep. Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Quentin Tarantino, Frank Stallone, Talia Shire, Henry Winkler, John Herzfeld, Wes- and Wesley Morris. I'll leave it there. So, the nearly 50-year prolific career of Sylvester Stallone, who has meant- entertained millions, is seen in retrospect in an intimate look of the actor, writer, director, producer paralleling with his inspirational life story so mark he's your boy yeah i'm interested to see what you thought of this documentary in itself the thing is i I, i'm familiar with um tom zimney's work because he's he's worked a lot with springsteen so I, i went into it kind of knowing that it wasn't going to be a like I'm going through all of his movies, and I knew also as well that uh, from seeing Stallone talk about it, that it was the idea uh, came about when he was talking to um, Tom Zimmy and weirdly enough Springsteen, uh, and was talking about it and saying you know it felt like a good time to do something like this with the fact that he was he was moving out of his house and it was a he was going a big change moving from this family home and the reasons for why he was leaving the house and and all this lot. But the thing is, there's an oddity 
with Stallone in that he doesn't like talking about his life. He likes talking about Sylvester Stallone, the movie star, that element of his life, and the, the, the filmmaker and the writer and all that, and the, the, the artist. But he doesn't like getting into his personal life. Mm. Um, element of that. He is actually weirdly quite private. And I think you very much get that from this. You do not get an insight into Sylvester Stallone, the person. No. You, but if you are not familiar with Sylvester Stallone beyond like the the movie star, you will get more of an insight into, oh, hang on a minute. So he's very much a, you know, he, he, he does, he paints, he wrote, so many of his movies and mm. you know the, the, the fact is that a lot of people will know Sylvester Stallone as being the the quintessential 80s action star yeah without kind of ever <clears throat> but will know about Rocky and things like that without ever actually appreciating the fact that oh holy shit he actually he became a huge star because of the fact that he decided to just by sheer force of will create himself. Yeah, it's it, it's fascinating. The the thing is, there is a there is a documentary to be made at some point about his career. Yeah, as a filmmaker, as an actor, and bits like that, and a more a more detailed look at his his films mm. and, and, and how that works and the fact that there, there, there were peaks and troughs there and I think that people might have gone into this thinking it was that but it was I did I just knew it was probably never going to be that mm. but there is an element I would say of whiplash where it literally goes from oh yeah and then I made Rocky Five. And I made a lot of shit, and I made the Expendables. I was <laughs> like, "There's some huh? decent films in there." <laughs> well, no, I mean, because he he does the, he does stop off at Rocky Balboa, doesn't he? Then it's like, yeah. you know, but going from Rocky Balboa, this like heartfelt, like real victory in itself that it even got made, to then Sage Stallone dying, he doesn't talk about it at all no, directly. He, 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 he wore no, which you know, and, and you know, fair enough. But then it cuts from that to, you know, when I, uh, I went to see this really crusty old band. You know, you know, these guys came up and people were cheering for them, and I just thought, wouldn't it be good to just get a load of old action heroes together? It's like that's an inspiring story, Sly. You went to a gig of this band who were probably too old. And you went, how about I do that for films? Cool. Yeah. It's really like after like the stories that you've got about Rocky and Rambo and then it's, yeah, old people like cheering on old guys. I don't know. That felt bit, could have just left that out. Yeah, but I, but that that's kind of I would think where it probably did come from. Mm. 
No, and I mean, I get it. it it's like, it's real, but I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I almost, I feel like there's a deleted scene where he's like, and I just thought this would make a shitload of money. You know, and it, I got, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, the, the fact that through the film they're going like, the three characters, they keep on cutting to like the, the st- like the model of Rocky, the model of Rambo, and the fucking model of Barney Ross, and it, <laughs> it, it, it's. But I think it shows the fact that that like Stallone really holds those films up. I mean, it's a beef. Uh, mm. Does he? Does he though? Not as much as those, but I, I think that they are. I think they're a big deal to him. The, the, the first Expendables is a big deal to him. If it was the first one, sure. But yeah. by the by, the time we get to expend four balls, <laughs> he doesn't even want to be in it. No, he don't. I think part of that was during filming, uh, when they were prepping it and like that, he, he did have some family problems. I mean, Bex, what did you think to this? Um, do you know what? I found it really interesting. Like, it, it does it does skim over his career, but I, I feel like, as um, I said to you after we watched it, the framing it as like a... As anyone does when they're packing up their house to move, they find stuff and go, oh, fuck, yeah, this. And, like, have, like, a little trip down memory lane. And framing it as, like, that was... Um, was an interesting way to go about it without it seeming as flimsy as it actually in reality was. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't really tell you anything you don't know if you're not a fan. Uh if you're a fan. But it's I don't think it's necessarily trying to. I think it's just a bit more of a like everyone likes to spend time with Lies to Learn, let's let them. He's a fascinating guy to listen to talk about movies. He's got so much merch of himself in his house. Oh, he does, yeah. So much stuff. Yeah. Like, that's like to narcissistic levels, yeah? Oh, probably, yeah. Fair. Um, But I I think it's one you'll definitely get more out of if you know stuff about him that isn't that's alluded to but not covered. Yeah. Um. You know, I think if you were just watching it and you didn't really know anything about him, you'd be like, "Well, that was a waste of my life. What the fuck? Some dude packing up some shit and he's got loads of statues of himself. Cool." But if you do know a bit about him and you do know some of the backstories, I just, I feel like you need to, you have need to have a working knowledge of Sylvester Stallone, the man. Yeah. To enjoy it. So as a standalone, it, it, it does fail. But we all do know enough about him for it not to have for us. Yeah. Okay, really. I, I mean, I really enjoyed my time with it. It was, a, it was really interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, so did I. I mean, he's... He's fucking soulful, is Stallone. Like, that, that, mm. that's the thing. And just hearing him talk and think on things... And the fact that like it doesn't it doesn't really feel like it doesn't necessarily feel scripted, 
it feels like he's just coming out with this stuff. They just filmed him for a bunch of time and kind of just edited into it. Um, and th- there's some there's some terrific stories in this. And, you know, I, I think it's great that they get input from, you know, Tarantino, like, talking about early Stallone. And it's like, what, that guy from that film, I can't remember the name of the film, it's like, that guy is like our... Yeah, the laws of Flatbush. Like, that guy's our next, yeah. next great, like, like uh, cinematic presence. You know what? You know, I think, I think that that, that that's terrific. And um, you know, it, it's that story on Copland about how he just wanted De Niro to just do his De Niro thing, and he kind of like forced him into it. And then that that provides like the you blew it, you know, which is like one of De Niro's like low key great moments in yeah. film is is that moment and Stallone basically forced it out of him that that's a terrific story i i almost feel like if if it was just more about the films instead of the personal stuff that he obviously doesn't really want to touch on all that much maybe it would have been better but then again like the stuff with his dad like the story oh God, about the yeah. polo, Jesus yeah. Christ! You know, like that—that—that's—that's that's something. And you know, that footage of his dad basically on his deathbed, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's almost more disappointing for the fact that it, you want it to push at points, and it doesn't. But at the same, you know, you kind of understand why because it is being respectful to him, and it's obviously stuff that he doesn't want to. He's got shit in his basement, you know, and he doesn't necessarily want to talk about it. But it's a shame because it does infer it, and it does start poking, but then it pulls back on certain things. But it's a it it's a it's a cracking little hour and a half. Yeah, I think there's maybe an element of you know. If you're going to have a an introspective do a documentary about your about your your life and your career in cinema, there's an element of I don't think you can get your mate to make that film <laughs> unless your mate is the is is also the kind of guy who is going to prod. What is it? Yeah. But Tom, um, to me, to me, he isn't a. He isn't a prolific documentary maker. Mm. It's not like he's got loads of them. You know, he's done a few Springsteen ones and a few Springsteen concert films. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of where it comes from, and it's it, it's it's um, Stallone's you know association with Springsteen and the fact that they're friends led that to, to this being them being friends and, and runs through that. Yeah. I mean, an interesting day is you're kind of watching it going, all right, Quinton, just fucking cast him in your next fucking film then. (laughs) (laughs) Why haven't you cast him yet? It just seems like you should have at some point. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the, like, it it reminded me that that, uh, Henry Winkler um, and Stallone are, are really good friends as well. Which is like an oddity. Cause I, I remember seeing a thing um, on um, Joe Carnahan's Instagram stories about a good few a couple of years ago, where there was some boxing match on. I can't remember what it, who it was. Uh, it might have been when um, Floyd Mayweather fought 
Conor McGregor or something like that. Um, but it was in the you know the bar area that um, that Stallone had in his house there, and Joe Carnahan was like filming himself going, "I'm at Sylvester Stallone's." watching the boxing <laughs> and he, he just went just, and he just goes just look at the room and he just pans round and in the room at that one time you've got Joe Carnahan's obviously there Frank Grillo's there Al Pacino's there Robert De Niro's there Stallone's there mm. uh, I think Alec Baldwin was there um, and um, Frank Stallone was there and then you've got Henry Winkler was there as well. And it's just like, it's just this oddity of having this guy on Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold were there as well. Nice. Um, and it's just the the weirdness of that, of all those people just kind of being there. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, like I said, there is, I think in the same way as there is for, uh, for Schwarzenegger, uh, there is a... Um, there is, there is a, a going to be a, a, a documentary of just looking at the career and just the, the the impact that they've had on cinema, um, in terms of of how the eighties went, of the fact that it moved away from um, you know the the directors and writers being the stars of cinema in the in the 70s to the 80s it, it was the birth, rebirth of the movie star um, but a different type of movie star than you'd had in the uh, in, in, in like the, 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 the 30s to the 50s uh, that was there um, you know one almost a little bit more more like the sixties movie stars, but a very much an eighties version of that. Um, and you know, Schwarzenegger talks about it in here of saying, you know, we we didn't have the the style or anything like that, but what we did have was fucking muscles, <laughs> and it became that. And it's it, that was that's quite interesting there. Yeah, 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 and. It, it, yeah, sorry. I think I'm. You you talk very eloquently about Sly, Mark. That's the thing. I'm just like, yeah, good doc. Learn some stuff. Could have been better. Could have poked more into his life, but it's fun watching Sly talk about his life, and it's fun having Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about Sly. It's there. Yeah. I, well, again, one of my favorite. Um, one of my favorites. Um, Schwarzenegger and Stallone um, stories is they um, like for a good amount of years when um, Stallone was not making as many films as he had done and Schwarzenegger wasn't making films because he was being the governor um, every Sunday afternoon they'd, they'd get together and they'd have a drink and a cigar and they'd just chat about their weeks to each other. Yeah. And it was always in Schwarzenegger's study. And they'd do that. Um, and they they hadn't been able to do it because uh, Stallone was was making The Expendables. And it, it, it had been quite a tough thing for Stallone making The Expendables. It had been a bit of a labour of love. And he had a, there'd been sort of problems and he, he'd, like, he'd put himself through too much. And Schwarzenegger had sort of said that he was... 
he'd spoke at Stallone and he was over in Australia and it, it just, things weren't going very well and he seemed down. So what Schwarzenegger did was flew out to, what is it, to Australia, had a trailer made up to look like his study <laughs> and but didn't tell Stallone and then when Stallone was finishing filming for that day and was going to his trailer, they basically got the people to say, look, your trailer's been, been a problem, so we've had to swap it out for this trailer. And Stallone was like, they don't care, as long as it's got a bed in it and everything like that. And apparently he walked in and Schwarzenegger was just sat there in like this mock replica of his study, just sort of smiling with a cigar at Stallone. That's really sweet. But and also it's like, epically rich people. And it, 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 it is. It's just like a fucking hell. That is that that that's some fucking. We have too much money energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. But, but do you know what? Fuck it. That's a that's a my mate just needs just needs this right now. I'm going to fly to the other side of the world and do something daft. Yeah. I I wonder whether something like this will happen for Bruce Willis. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be able to contribute to it now. But, yeah. But that, I, I don't know. I kind of get the sense that maybe across the industry, he wasn't as well-liked. But, I don't know. Shyamalan used him quite a lot. I think Ed Norton was fond of it. I feel like there's people. I just, I remember, like, they were quite shitty about him not coming back for Expendables 3 and it was just like he just wanted too much money yeah and yeah there was a little bit of that there was there are there are reports that he became very much about a paycheck for about the last 10 years of his career but But then I don't know it's but did he yeah if he knew this was coming yeah which there's an element of do you know what yeah you don't know what He's going on in people's lives. Because yeah. that, that's... But yeah. That's just something odd to think of, though, isn't it? It's like Bruce Willis is not that old in the grand scheme of things. And we're never going to see him in anything again. No. Because what is he? I mean, he's mid-60s, is he? Yeah, 60, like mid... Yeah. Yeah, mid-late. And it's like... I think... It's just like sometimes he's aware of what's going on, but it's not all the time at this point. Yeah, I think. And yeah, yeah. The, 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 the thing is, Bruce Willis, because he started out in, in, in comedy and he was good at that, you get the feeling that with Bruce Willis, he would have been a fun older actor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you'd have got some really fun performances out of Bruce Willis because that fucking that that smile and that just casual confidence with the ability to send himself up as well. You'd have got some real fucking gold and fucking shit out of him in his seventies. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring the vibe down. It is. It'd be it'd be cool if there was a celebration of Bruce Willis at some point. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit of a look back of you know how you know, he went from being you know a comedic sitcom star in uh, in 
moonlighting to just then to then being John McClane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but mm. and then the, just the the massive sort of you know he, he went on to be one of the biggest movie stars of his time. You know. And, and made some, but then in between it all, made some really interesting sci-fi stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Sly definitely not shit. A hundred percent. Yay. Yeah, good stuff. Definitely not shit. Yeah, uh, we do have some questions. Um, nice. Again, apologies, I didn't get them out on, on Instagram. I will get them out next week. Um, Rick Kidd, it's fairly common to be asked the best film you've ever seen, but what is the worst? For me, it's either The Greasy Strangler or Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. <laughs> the Greasy Strangler. Worst film I've ever seen. I gotta say, like one that comes to mind is this film that I reviewed for Vodzilla, Voodoo, which, like, I, I wanna, I wanna see if I can get that up on IMDb actually. But there was literally a bit in it where it just seemed like they ran, like it was shot, basically shot on a video camera, and they ran into Ron Jeremy, and just had him talk some bollocks. Um, is this it? Voodoo 2017. Yep, I think that's it. When Danny, an innocent southern girl, vacations to Los Angeles to evade her increasingly complicated life, she learns that escaping her past isn't as easy as she hoped. Um, and yeah, just this, yeah, it is that one. Um, just this absolute piece of shit. Um... I, I, I mean, here's a review. Um, I began watching the film with low expectations. These expectations were not met. I understand that many horror directors, actors, etc. have previously worked in the porn industry. I really wish these people had never left it, and judging by the lack of effort in the screen department, I'm guessing they aren't aware they ever did leave. No story, terrible acting, terrible dialogue, and filmed at least sometimes with a shaky cam for literally no reason at all. I was honestly bored through almost all of it. Thought from the trailer, it might, at least might be fun, but it really wasn't. No redeeming qualities, avoid like the plague. Yeah. I mean, the tagline of the film is, you're going to hell. Um, It's like, it, it's... Yeah, I, it like, this, this woman, like, just encounters some shit and then literally goes to hell. And then it, it's just like a camera walking around, like, what looks like a nightclub dressed in kind of like a we're having a hell night aesthetic. Um, and it was fucking awful. And it's like, I I haven't been offered a, a commission from Vodzilla for a, a good long while now. So I, I feel comfortable saying this. And I, I'm, I'm sure those at the head of it would not mind me saying it because they probably agree with it. They'd basically give me trash to review because occasionally I could come out with funny shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that was basically it. Like, there was the time that I watched and then wrote a review of Escape Plan 2 fucking hammered and talked about how it... And, like, Vodzilla does this thing of, like, out of 10... You've got, like, these three ratings out of 10 at the end... And one of them was just like how it pairs with a nice IPA. 
Um, yep, remember that one. And, and, and Voodoo was was one of them. And you know, I got paid by Vodzilla. Don't get me wrong; I was happy to take the work. I didn't review a lot of good films, but Voodoo really like in like was just the one that came to mind. Absolute fucking awful piece of shit. But it's also not one that's remembered. I bet it played a fright fest. Probably did, yeah. It, it, it will have done. Bex. Worst film you've ever seen. Mine's a tie. Between two. Uh, between the Keith Lemon, the film. I've not seen that. You, nobody needs to. It's an absolute piece of shit. Um, and a... And I, I, and I, I'm only saying it's a tie because that is, I, you can, you could quite argue easily that Keith Lemon the movie isn't uh, the film isn't an actual film, uh, and the other one is a film called The Devil's Chair, which is a British horror film from 2007, uh, which stars Elias Dutour, um from Hollyoaks and Matt Berry. I think I quite like The Devil's Chair. It's a fucking piece of shit. Um, the only redeeming feature is at one point Matt Berry go, who is just very horny in it um, literally points at the chair once and in Matt Berry way goes the fuck's wrong with that chair <laughs> um, which is about the only bit that's funny in the entire movie it's a horror movie set in an asylum, yeah. I think I quite liked that yeah, one. It was a piece of shit. Um, I don't know, it's difficult for me because... A, I tend to avoid things that I know I'm not going to like. And B, I am quite forgiving. But I think the one that pops in pops to mind is Dashcam for me. Yep. Fucking hated that movie. Can't disagree on that one. Mm. Uh, next question my partner is recovering from surgery well we hope she's recovering well Uh, and we plan to hire a wheelchair to get her out of the house this weekend and break the constant cycle of married at first sight viewing Uh, what is the best use for wheelchair in film or wheelchair bound character on screen Franklin in Texas Chainsaw Massacre absolute piece of shit gets murdered horribly well not piece of shit it's just really annoying Sally, Sally. It's a good shout, that. It's the best use of a wheelchair. Oh, hang on a second, I know the answer to this. Oh, have you got one? Yeah. Go on. Hang on. Is that man you always send me gifts of? Gary Boosie. Gary Boosie in a, what is it, wheelchair? No. Might I'm, take me a minute, Mark. Because I'm not remembering. Uh, I'm not remembering Gary Busey in a wheelchair. No, he's not in the wheelchair. I mean the the, the zaniness of uh, what's his name in Rocky Horror must be up there. <laughs> yeah. What's he called? Doctor. Oh, fucking hell! What's he called? Oh, fuck. 
going to drive me mad this now. Dr. Everett Scott. That's it. Yeah. You still haven't got any other effects, have you? He's done too many fucking films, hasn't he? So, Stephen King movie. He makes an electrified wheelchair for his nephew, who I think is played by a Corey Haim. Corey Haim. Yeah. It's Gary Busey. Sure is the uncle. Silver Bullets. Of course, yeah. Yeah, he does make an electrified wheelchair for his, what is it? Nice for getting Gary Busey in on that as well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Mark Isizu. Uh, my Bond pitch for the first film after Craig is seven new MI6 agents go on a suicide mission and only six can su- only six survive, creating a new 007. Creatively with the seven, including some celebs, um, Federer, for instance, ending with Mascal or Patterson, last man standing. What is your pitch for the new film? My pitch for the new Bond? Yeah. Live and let die too. It's just this fucking straight up sequel from Live and Let Die. Kananga has found a way to successfully resurrect himself after blowing up like a balloon at the end of the film. Um, Baron Samadhi, or whatever his name is, he was alive at the end of Live and Let Die. The The only Bond film to actually suggest that the supernatural exists... Um, has returned as well. Um, And, um, yeah, probably not as much Bond tricking a woman into losing her virginity to him by just playing rigged cards. Um, Maybe not too much um, someone calling uh, uh, Bond a honky. Um, (laughs) I want a direct sequel to Live and Let Die 2. Live and let die harder. <laughs> Live and let die. <laughs> Go on then. Thanks. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the Bond franchise in general. To I've seen like the creative ones and that's it. Thanks. I'll do one for you. Octopussies. Yeah. Is it like teeth? The movie teeth. What vagina dentata? Yeah, <laughs> like vagina octopuses. I don't know. I've never seen octopusy. I don't know what the theme is. What do you think it's about? I don't know. Octopusy. <laughs> I like octopuses, but is it one of my favorite? Octopuses, all right. With tentacles that come yeah. out of the, you know, areas. No. <laughs> when it's a misleading name. <laughs> well, there is a there, there is a sequence where uh, a bunch of women are just like basically rubbing down Q, and he's having a great time. Um, yeah, Bond Bond uh, disguises himself as a clown in that film. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? It's I'd, all right, it's octopusy. Like, I'd want like a. I don't know. I, I'd want like a period set one that has nothing to do with the rest of them. Have a period set one, but don't set it in the 60s. Um, and, yeah, and just fucking, just cast Dan Stevens. Give me one Dan Stevens Bond. What period are we Where he's for? just suave as fuck. What period? I'm thinking 80s. Quintessential Bond time. Yeah. Yeah. 
What about like a, a double O agent origin story? Like a origin of the department? No. No? Nope. I just want to be dropped in. Bond already exists. No fucking him finding his feet or anything like that. Him just being just James fucking Bond and us just getting a Bond story. As if it's the third or fourth movie this motherfucker's made. That would be mine. Yeah. Um, just lots of fucking, lots of nice suits. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. him just looking good. Um, I mean, that's not difficult for Dan Stevens. No, it's not looking, but, but, but Stevens being kind of in on it as well. <laughs> mm. um, what are we covering next week here? Okay, so next week. Are we doing Dream Scenario? Is that playing around you guys? Yeah. So we'll do Dream Scenario. Uh, we'll Nicholas do The Killer. Shit in the woods, probably. Yeah, Nicholas Cage probably just shit in the woods. Nice. Uh, yeah, we'll do The Killer, and I think we're going we're gonna to do The Marvels, I believe. I, I will at least be watching The Marvels. Becky's giving me a look. Uh, but I will be a yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the Marvels. Fuck it. Cool. Killer. All right, bet. Yeah, Bex, You don't have to go see it if you don't want to. It's all good. No, to, I was, the killer. Are we doing the killer? Yeah, we yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed that. Are you gonna watch the killer? Yeah, yeah. Damn right. I'll watch it. Yeah. All right, cool. Very much looking forward all right. To that. And there we go. So. Thank you very much for listening to Film Bastards, folks. Uh, thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. And Jason Reitman, if you've got your fucking greasy tentacles into that frozen empire and put in those fucking Easter eggs all over the place, then go fuck yourself. <laughs>